The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hi, this is Matt Salmon on KTAR, sitting in for Mike Broomhead. And I've got to tell you, I'm really, really excited about our next guest. She's actually the reporter that uh, uh, broke the story on this bombshell uh, right now that's being talked about by all politicos throughout Arizona and hopefully a lot of the voters as well. Uh, the fact that uh, Attorney General, then Attorney General Brnovich, uh, concealed certain information uh, when he was uh, uh, putting out his uh, his take on the elections and the investigations on the elections. You know, when it comes to dealing with the press, the only thing you can hope for is that they're honest and they're fair. And I have one of the most honest, fair Good reporters on the line with me, Yvonne Winget Sanchez from the Washington Post. Welcome. Thanks so much. So, Yvonne, how did you start investigating this story? Sure. Like a lot of reporters, a lot of members of the media here in Arizona, after the Cyber Ninjas uh, concluded their report uh, at the end of 2021, in the fall of 2021, um, I started to uh wonder you know what was the next domino to fall and of course then uh senate president karen fan asked attorney general mark Brnovich to investigate the findings uh that cyber ninjas laid out in their report and a few days after he was asked to do so uh mr Brnovich launched an investigation he began interviewing folks over at maricopa county uh you know witnesses to some sort of alleged conspiracy of of widespread uh irregularities in the 2020 election um and then within months i started to hear um Information. I started to field a lot of tips about how investigators with the AG's office were growing increasingly concerned about the direction that the investigation was headed. And in retrospect, according to these new records that, that we received this week, that uh, those tips coincided with the drafting of a report in March of last year in which these investigators essentially had debunked most of the uh, assertions that were made against Maricopa County. And uh, for several months, you know, the tips kept coming. They kept coming. You know, I vividly remember Ash Wednesday of last year um, really wanting to dig into this story and really wanting to take readers inside of the AG's office to try to show how this investigation was unfolding from from, uh, the inside. Here we are a year later. Uh, we got a hold of the records, and the records indeed show that there was deep concern by investigators about the direction of this investigation. The records show that investigators had debunked m- most all of the claims, and uh, that Mr. Brnovich, uh, when given the opportunity to lay out the findings of his own investigators, um, he decided to instead issue a report to the public uh, in April of last year that did not contain the major findings of his own investigators. So you pretty much had this this information a year ago, and I know a lot of uh, people, 
uh, have been speculating that had this information been available a year ago, that um, the elections could have very, uh, could have very much uh, ended up a different way if people uh, were provided information that the uh, the elections were not corrupt and uh, widespread corrupt and uh, and that things could have been very different. You had information and it, I don't know, maybe you didn't have the complete story, but why was nothing written about until today? One of the most um, important things that reporters look at institutions, media institutions like the Washington Post look at when they're trying to report and write a story like this is having on the record firsthand source material that actually demonstrates Mm -hmm. facts and evidence. And I had been requesting these documents for more than a year. And Mr. Brnovich's office Um, made a determination that they were not going to release these records. And so without the records, you know, you can talk to investigators inside the office all day long, but what is really critical with a story like this is that you actually have cold, hard facts. And this is finally what we got with uh, Attorney General Chris Mays' decision to, to go ahead and start releasing some of this material. And what I would say is this is only 41 pages of a year-plus-long investigation. There are thousands of documents, interview transcripts, audio of those interviews, uh, a binder that I had heard about a year ago of like 500 pages that included evidence that was gathered during the course of this investigation. We still need to see uh, some of the underlying documents uh, from this investigation. And I think that that's going to paint an even broader and perhaps a more damning portrait of the nature of this investigation, which for all intents and purposes ended in September of 2022, a month before the investigation. That's the last time documents involved in this uh, investigation were actually touched, were actually um you know, uh, drafted by members of this investigative team. This investigation was over before the November election even took place. And yet that office decided to withhold those documents from the public. You know, I, I think that's the question we, sh- we should be asking. We expect uh, our political leaders, obviously, to be honest and transparent about what they're doing. But when it's the state's top cop, you know, the attorney general, the person that is responsible for enforcing the rule of law and making sure that that consumers and voters have accurate information to operate on, um, you know, it, it's been very, very unsettling. I, I think about some of the attorneys general I've worked with in the past uh, that have not looked at it as a, a Republican or a Democrat or a candidate for, a, for another office, uh, a, you know, step, a, a step on the stepping stone to, to another political job, uh, but, but enforce the law. And it's really disappointing. I, and gosh, I, you know, when you tell me it's it, it could get get even more damning uh, as this, uh, you know, this report, uh, you know, continues to come out or the reporting continues to come out. That, that 
that that really is disheartening. Uh, but Yvonne, you've done a, a great service for the people of Arizona in bringing this truth forward. Um, Yvonne, do you uh, you know the the attorney? Or excuse me, the uh, Maricopa County supervisors and the elections folks at the Maricopa County have been castigated time and time and time again uh, by a lot in my own party. Um, do you think that this is going to end it? I don't. I think that uh, this is the first domino to fall. I feel like we're entering a different stage um, in this, and that perhaps becomes the accountability stage. I know a lot of folks are talking about, um, you know, maybe filing a, a complaint with the state bar, which licenses and regulates attorneys. Certainly that's an option for uh, not just people within Maricopa County to consider, but other attorneys and other members of the public as well. And when I have been thinking about what this looks like, there are parallels to what we saw a decade ago when Andrew Thomas, the former Republican county attorney uh, over at Maricopa County, uh, investigated the county judiciary and county officials who were just doing their jobs, keeping investigations open while knowing that the underlying evidence uh, demonstrated that they were not guilty of the claims that they were accused of. There are parallels there, and it's going to be up to um, various institutions and public officials who are in position to use the instruments of government to call for accountability if that's what they decide to do. But I will promise you that the Washington Post will continue to fight for these records and that we will continue to report on them and we will continue to press for answers from the Brnovich administration about why they they took the actions that they did. Well, thank you so much, Yvonne. I'm going to quote Spider-Man. With great power comes great responsibility, and that Attorney General should definitely heed that uh, that advice. But thank you for breaking this story. This is Matt Salmon with KTAR, in for the great Mike Broomhead. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, it's Matt Salmon in for Mike Broomhead on KTAR, and this is the part of the day where I get you caught up on the big stories of the day with Did You Hear This? Did you hear this? Broomhead's reaction to the hottest news stories. Yesterday, a story broke that former Attorney General Mark Brnovich did not release the full findings of the 2020 election investigation. Secretary of State Adrian Fontes joined the Gators and Chad show to share his thoughts. He violated his oath of office, an oath that very clearly says that he's supposed to faithfully and impartially discharge the duties of that office. The duties of that office include making sure that we are informed of what's real and what's not real. Why do you think Brnovich did not release this information to the public? Well, I think it's pretty obvious. Uh, he was kind of on again, off again. First of all, he said the election was fair and and reasonable and Joe Biden was elected. And then he uh, contradicted that later on because he was running for higher office. He was running for the U.S. Senate and he was uh, deathly afraid of uh, ticking Trump off. We are learning more about what may have caused the train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio. The NTSB report focusing on a mechanical issue. It references surveillance video, which the report says shows a wheel bearing potentially overheating right before the derailment. The NTSB says the bearing and associated wheel set are being examined by investigators. Do we need more safety regulations regarding rail transportation? 
Well, I think that's something that we have to we have to debate. We have to look at very very closely. These kind of accidents uh, uh, jeopardize people's lives uh, all across the country, and we've got to make sure that. When we're in government, and, and Pete Buttigieg, who is the Secretary of Transportation, he's kind of presided over one debacle after another. We've got to make sure we get this right. When it comes to citizen safety, you got to get it right. You're listening to Did You Hear This? Where every day at this time we get you caught up on the latest headlines. Representative Selena Bliss from Prescott joined the show to discuss her proposal to have firearms training in the classroom. So I have a bill proposing a firearm safety training. It's an opt-out, no live firearms in the classroom. This would use props if the instructor so chose to. Should this be added to school curriculum? You know what? I think it should. I, I, I truly do believe that uh, the gun safety issue is incredibly important, especially to families with kids, and to have them understand not to be fearful of we- weapons, to, but to, re- to respect them, to respect handguns and, and, and rifles. And I think that uh, teaching kids how to be safe around guns will save lives. Arizona State Representative Matt Grass also joined the show to discuss his proposal that would increase teacher salaries. It directs $10,000 into uh, school districts um, for each teacher in order to to bump up their salaries. And this plan would put 100% of those dollars into the classroom. What do you think of his proposal? Let me get this straight. We're okay in this country with paying somebody that throws a ball millions and millions of dollars. But the people that are molding the minds of the future leaders of this country, our teachers, are making $40,000 a year. Something is wrong with that equation, and I think it's high time that our policymakers get the money back into the classroom and they make sure that teachers are paid what they deserve. So this is Matt Salmon in for Mike Broomhead. We've had a lot of really, really interesting guests today. We've talked uh, with Selena Bliss, as I mentioned, about uh, gun safety and teaching our kids how to respect and be careful around firearms. Uh, we've had uh, Yvonne uh, Winget Sanchez with the Washington Post, the person that actually broke the story on how the attorney general, uh, former attorney general, uh, Mark Burnovich, withheld critical information about his investigation on the election that could have actually changed the outcome of the last election. We, uh, we want to make sure, and, and I talked about uh, George Santos, uh, who uh, lied his way to Congress, and how we ought to expect more uh, from those that represent us when it comes to integrity and character. All these things kind of weave through to, to show the same story, and that is that we deserve to have people that put America first and put the people that they represent above their political careers. This is Matt Salmon in for Mike Broomhead. Hope you'll stick with us. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hi, this is Matt Salmon in for Mike Broomhead on KTAR. 
And for those of you that have been following through the press and uh, reading about this sad, sad situation in a place called Rio Verde, where people in good faith uh, uh, bought their homes, uh, fully believing that they would be able to have water to those homes. And uh, for years and years, the city of Scottsdale uh, provided water to them and then uh, turned off the spigots. And uh, we've got on the uh, line with me today the county supervisor who represents Rio Verde, Tom Galvin. Uh, Tom, thank you so much for joining us. I know you got a lot going on today. Um, <laughs> Mayor Ortega, good morning, Congressman. Good morning to you. I, you know what? You have really done your constituents proud. You, you hit the ground running. You came in. I know you're appointed and then you're reelected. And uh, you've done an outstanding job. And and you're out there fighting your heart out to make sure that these citizens are taken care of. And I applaud you for that. So uh, right before uh, December 31st, there was a deal put together and Mayor Ortega, the mayor of Scottsdale, blocked it. Was that a bad thing? Uh, Congressman, good morning. Good to be on with you and good to be on with all of your listeners. Absolutely. And thank you for the kind words. Uh, you know, we understood that Scottsdale set a deadline for water to get cut off, but water to get cut off from service provided by Scottsdale. It doesn't mean that folks would get cut off from accessing water. So in the spirit of good faith, I also represent the entire city of Scottsdale on the Board of Supervisors. So to me, I have to consider this in a holistic sense, and I have to consider this as a win-win for both sides. So I approached the city of Scottsdale, and I said, hey, there's a private water company that's on record that will be able to deliver water to these folks. You no longer have to use Scottsdale water, and the private water company will pay the city of Scottsdale for that service because there's only one standpipe there, and uh, that's Scottsdale's existing infrastructure. And that is unfortunately the problem that we're in right now because the mayor blocked that deal, and he said, quote, water's not a compassion game. I would disagree. Since we live in Arizona, our sense about the preciousness of water is heightened. And to me, that makes us necessary to be compassionate to our neighbors and to be cognizant of each other because we're all human beings and water is a vital resource. So he shut off the water. But I have still tried very hard to get that plan approved. Now, this is a short-term plan because in the meantime, I worked this, with this private water company called Epcor to do the long-term plan to get the infrastructure up and running for these folks. And I want to applaud the Arizona Corporation Commission because they opened a docket and we're all working together in a bipartisan fashion, which is what we should do in Arizona on water issues to get that long-term solution up and running. So in the meantime, this is all about a silly fight, unnecessary for the short-term interim basis. So it looks like the county's plan is, is going to solve this problem. I would think so. And I would just hope and prevail upon the city of Scottsdale that, hey, you're going to make money off of this and you don't have to use your own water. And then these folks can be up and running. And the sad part, all of this, is that this is becoming a national and international story for no reason. I had to deal with reporters from New York and D.C. who love coming into what they consider to be a flyover state and they go, oh, you guys ran out of water. No, we didn't run out of water. Arizona's really good about conserving water and taking care of water. We're better than certainly California. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Exactly. And so this is just about an allocation of resources. And I'm sorry, but if you're going to cut off water to folks, why are you blocking them from getting a deal of an outside source of water to you? Doesn't that make sense? 
Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and mm-hmm. and so the ramifications uh, to the city of Scottsdale are far beyond this. I mean, it's as you mentioned, uh, it's created not just a, a state story but a national story, and it feeds into right. the narrative that we're not responsible when it comes to dealing with our water issues. And that's the sad thing about all of this is that I have advocated for a plan to get outside water. Never advocated for Scottsdale to keep selling its water. Told the city of Scottsdale, I understand you have to deal with all of these issues. You don't want to serve them anymore. But just allow them the opportunity to use the existing standpipe for two years, three years tops, but most likely two years on an interim basis until that other source of water, which is being worked on at the moment. And I, I'm, I'm confident it's going to get approved in the next few months. And that's all this is about. And people, once they hear it, they go, oh, my gosh, that's it. I'm going to go, yep, that's it. Yeah. And to me, Scottsdale, citizens of Scottsdale need to hear this, because if you run a company and you know this, you have a fiduciary duty to your shareholders. And so if someone presented a plan for your company to make money and you rejected it, the shareholders are going to say, what are you doing? You have attracted all of this bad PR for us, but you rejected a deal where we make money out of it and we don't have to. Um, allocate that precious resource that we were selling before. And so it's nonsensical. But I do believe that the other members of the Scottsdale City Council um, are cognizant of this and they take responsibility in terms that they understand their roles of how important it is. And I have high respect for them. So I think now what we need to do is negotiate and just get this resolved as soon as possible. So A, these folks can get the water that they need to live on because right now they're capturing rainwater, which is absolutely insane. And two, to move on so we don't don't have the city of Scottsdale getting bad headlines around the country. You know, it, it, it should be about common sense. And what you're talking about, Tom, uh, is just common sense. And uh, it's good to have somebody like you out there fighting the fight. So what you're saying to the people of Rio Verde is there's reason for hope. There is reason for hope. So the Scottsdale City Council um, approved a plan for their city manager to move forward to negotiate. And that's all I've been asking for since last year is just ask the city of Scottsdale to come to the table. I'm so appreciative for the uh, other council members who have been working diligently and understand it. And, uh, and now we can get to talking and now we can arrive at a solution that not only benefits Rio Verde Foothills, but also benefits the city of Scottsdale. And I think a win-win is in the cards, and that's my goal, and that's my aim. Good job, and and, and thank you for fighting the fight, and thanks for not giving it up. Uh, thank you. One, one more quick question for you. Um, the yeah. big bombshell news story of the day is that uh, the Attorney General, the former Attorney General, uh, Mark Vernovich, uh, concealed uh, investigative reports as he was uh, presenting his uh, uh, findings to the public that could have really even altered the last election. And and I think, uh, I, I don't know, I'd like your thoughts. Do you think that uh, this story that's, re- that's come out vindicates uh, the county that's taken so, the county uh, supervisors have taken so many uh, hits from uh, conspiracy theories and uh, our elections folks, and, and do you feel like it, 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 it's going to give us the ability to move on and uh, hopefully focus on what people really care about? 
Yeah, I think you said it perfectly, and I appreciate the comments you made about this earlier today on your show. I'm just going to say that I absolutely agree with Chairman Hickman said that this is just absolutely disgusting. And, you know, an attorney general represents the highest law enforcement elected position in the state. And to tell you, as a fellow conservative Republican, it just breaks my heart to see our party lose election after election based on lies and misinformation due to people like Mark Burnovich, who really, really let us down. Well, Tom, thanks for joining us on the show. Thanks for fighting the fight, and thanks for helping those people in Rio Verde. This is Matt Salmon. It's my honor, and uh, stay tuned. Thank you so much. This is Matt Salmon with KTR. Stick with us. I'll wrap up after uh, the next news segment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Matt Salmon in today for Mike Broomhead on KTAR. You know, I've been weaving a needle today that has a common theme, and that is integrity, character, the fact that uh, we expect more from the people that actually get elected to public office. So let's hear some of the dialogue that uh, we love to hear. So after that, lying was easy for me. Lied about my age and joined the army. I was, uh, I was 13 at the time. Yeah. I went to Vietnam and I was injured catching a mortar shell in my teeth. And it made me a three-star general. And, and, and then I got a job in journalism running for the National Inquiry Geographic. Yes. I was making 20000 a month. I won the Pulitzer Prize that year. Yeah, that's a ticket. That's right. John Lovett's beloved comedian on Saturday Night Live. And it's funny to hear him lie. It's not funny to hear our politicians lie and not be truthful or omit important, pertinent information that we citizens need to know. So that's a common theme that we've been talking about today here on the Mike Broomhead Show. Well, first and foremost, we talked about uh, uh, an obvious liar in the U.S. Congress, George Santos, that lied about just virtually everything on his resume. And he's still there representing people at the nation's capital, the people's house. And he got there on a lie. And uh, a lot of us are frustrated with that. You juxtapose that story with uh, the idea that our attorney general omitted critical information that the public really had a right to know on his elections investigation, leading us to believe something that wasn't necessarily true. So if you don't tell people the truth or you omit things from from the full story, is that a lie? Is that being integrous? Is that uh, uh, having character? Here's a statement from our county supervisors. Clint Hickman, he's the chairman of the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors. I'd like our Maricopa County residents to know that I'm absolutely disgusted by the revelations the former Attorney General Mark Burnovich failed to do his job as a public servant representing the highest law enforcement elected position in the state. He and his leadership team concealed a report that proved the 
November 2020 election was conducted fairly, lawfully, and accurately. Not only did he ignore his own investigators in issuing a different interim report, he falsely suggested wrongdoing by Maricopa County, never correcting the record, and blatantly never sharing the team's final report with the public. This was a gross misuse of elected office and an appalling waste of taxpayer dollars, as well as a waste of time and effort of the professional investigations. As investigators, let me be clear. We should learn from our mistakes that happen in every human-run election. Our county board has never run from that responsibility, and we damn sure have never ducked an opportunity to apologize if something has gone wrong. Currently, Justice McGregor and her team are fulfilling an obligation to seek answers to problems in the 2022 investigation independently from our board. So we expect more of those that run for political office and represent us. A lot of folks uh, say, hey, it doesn't matter if a person uh, fudges on their resume a little bit. It doesn't matter uh, if they have character or not. I would submit to you that character trumps everything else. Character does matter. And if somebody doesn't have integrity, how can you believe what they're telling you anyway about what they're going to do on any policy matter? They may have the greatest ideas in the world. But if they don't have the integrity to actually fulfill their promises, it doesn't mean anything. Folks, uh, it's been an honor and a privilege today to stay here today on the uh, Mike Broomhead Show and to talk, talk to you about what really matters. And I don't, I'm not trying to be a demagogue. I'm not trying to say that I've never made any mistakes. I have. But you know what? I was raised by two very, very loving, wonderful parents, and my dad who grew up during World War II, excuse me, grew up during the Great Depression and honorably fought for our country in, in the hellhole of New Guinea as an army, uh, off, or, an, an army uh, uh, recruit, an army, drafted army guy, uh, fought for us in the hellhole of New Guinea. My dad told me when he was raising me, nothing is more important than your word. And if people can't take you at face value, if you can't be good for the handshake that you've given, then you're not worth the power to blow you to hell. And that's what my dad told me. And, you know, it's something that I've believed all my life, that integrity matters, character matters. And, and it matters in every aspect. It matters in the church. It matters in business. It matters in the media. But it really, really matters in public office. We have a right to expect that those who represent us are honest and that they're telling us the real story. And they're not withholding critical information uh, to benefit themselves in the next election. Uh, that they're telling us the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Folks, it's been an honor to be here today and represent and represent the great Mike Broomhead. I uh, I consider him uh, like a brother from another mother. He's somebody that always uh, uh, tries to provide the unvarnished truth in everything that he does. And in the media, just like every other profession, so often we don't get that. But Mike is somebody that always uh, comes on and gives you the real deal. He's a square. He, he, he's a, a, a square shooter, and somebody that uh, I know is always looking for the truth. And isn't that really what this is all about? We all want to be 
uh, told the truth. Uh, and so thank you for letting me uh, bend your ear a little bit today. Uh, here for uh, Mike Broomhead uh, on KTAR, this is Matt Salmon signing off for today. Thank you very much.